The Detroit Pistons have finally done it. In their loss against the Denver Nuggets, we got to see a ton of the Jalen Duran, James Wiseman, big man duo on the court. How did it look? I'm going to let you guys know in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. All right, guys, get prepared. Oh, actually, real quick, I almost forgot. I had to tell you guys about who's today's episode or who's today's episode sponsor, which is FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Everyone strap in, get ready. You're about to get a, a coup rant for the first segment of the podcast. So look, the Pistons finally ran their two big man lineup that everyone's been wanting to see them at least try in Wiseman and Duran. And produced two really cool highlights. You got two lob passes from Duran to Wiseman for alley-oop dunks. And those two plays were great. But outside of that, did the offense look good? Did the lineup fit? Did it make sense? Did it look good? And I'm sorry to break it to you guys. I'm sorry to break it to a lot of people. But it did not look good. And it, it, the Pistons have to stop with this. Let me just Let me just break this down real quick, man. Look, the two plays were fun to see. They were. It was very fun to see Jalen Duran's uh, uh, passing ability in the short roll and the high post be be shown here tonight. It was really cool to see that. We all I've talked about it a lot with Duran, his passing ability. We've talked about it a lot in the podcast. It's one of his best strengths, one of his best abilities. I love it. And it's going to be great when he's in the short roll with the space that floor, he's able to kick to a corner three. It'd be, it's going to be great when that happens. But outside of those two gimmicky plays that they drew up to get that, could their did their offense consistently generate good looks with the two bigs on the floor? It did not. The Detroit Pistons scored 100 points in an NBA basketball game in 2023. We are in 2023. They scored 100, bas- 100 points in a basketball game. That's horrific. Absolutely horrific. In the fourth quarter, when they ran this two-big-man lineup, for a large majority of the stretch, they went six minutes without scoring. Six minutes. They went six minutes without scoring a, a field goal. They also, let me get the numbers up for me real quick. They also got out-rebounded in this game, 56-48, to 48, according to NBA.com. Listen, th- look, I, I know the fans and everyone's trying to grasp for, for something to be happy about and be excited about because it's been a lost season. They're losing a ton of games. Kay Cunningham hasn't played all year, so I get it. People are going to reach and try to find something to be happy about and try to prop up. I get it. I 100% get it. But this is not good, guys. It's not good. It's just not. I need everyone to seriously think about what is what the Pistons, if they actually are trying to push this too big lineup that neither of them are good shooters, I want everyone to think about what, we're actually saying here we're saying that we're going to have the Pistons two star players Kay Cunningham and Ivy when they come back next season we want them 
to figure out how to play around two bigs who can't shoot instead of getting players who figure out and maximize how to play around your two stars in Caden Ivy. Does everyone understand how crazy that sounds? Instead of maximizing your two best players and doing what would make them play the best, which, again, in the NBA, maximizing your best players maximizes your win total. So instead of maximizing your your best players, you want them to try change their play style to try to help make a two big lineup work because they love the two big man lineup. Now, look, if they get if they want to play two bigs and one of them is a shooter at the four position, then okay, go ahead. That makes you can do that. A lot of teams do that. But the whole two bigs with no shooters, it, it doesn't work. It cannot work. It did not work tonight. It didn't work against the Nuggets. I'm really I was scrolling Twitter. I was scrolling through the Pistons community. I went on some uh, spaces to talk about it for a second. And the amount of fans I actually thought, I saw thought, oh, this looked really cool. It's so fun to see the, the oops. Guys, this is 2023. That kind of offense does not work. It doesn't. There's two NBA offenses that are actually trying to win NBA games right now that are doing this with two bigs who can't shoot. The other teams that run two bigs, they have at least one of them who can shoot. The two teams, Los Angeles Lakers with AD and Vanderbilt and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Los Angeles Lakers have the 20th ranked offense in the NBA since that trade happened. Since they got their trade and they got these new players and they run those li- that lineup, they have a terrible offense. They're a bottom, they have a poor offense. The only reason why they've been winning more games as of late is because they have a top defense because AD is a historic defender. Or is any big on the Pistons roster an historic defensive prospect? No, they don't have that. The other team is Cleveland, who has two fantastic defenders at big, one of them being a historic defensive prospect in Evan Mobley, Jared Allen being a defensive player of the year candidate, and they have the best defense in the entire NBA, which translates to opening up their offense and transition opportunities. So they're off. Running this without either one of them being able to shoot or the bigs being historical defensive presences, it's not, it doesn't work. We are in 2023. We have to stop with this. Again, I get that we're trying to force, we're we're trying to find something to be happy about. We're trying to find something to prop up. But we, we cannot sit here and lie to ourselves and act like what we saw in this game was good and that they should try to do this next season. You know what? If they want to do it for the rest of this season, who cares, I guess? Who cares, I guess? I, you saw Jaden Ivey tonight? You got? Did you guys watch Jaden Ivey tonight? Jaden Ivey struggled. He couldn't get any easy looks. He shot 415. You want to know why? Because a lot of his shots were pull-up jumpers. Because he couldn't get all the way to the paint because the paint was so clogged. But if you guys want to ignore that, that's fine. If, if it's, it's a lost season. You want to run these two bigs together and just see what happens? I mean, I guess. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's a lost season anyways. Trying to get the first overall pick. I mean, it is what it is. Go ahead then. Not a big deal. But if they go into this next season with Cade Cunningham and Jane Ivey and try to put two big guys around them that can't shoot instead of giving those two guys who love slashing, does that mean they don't need to improve the three-point shooting? No, it doesn't. They need to become good three-point shooters. 100%. Cade has to improve a three point, his three-point shot. Jane Ivey has to become a better, even better three-point shooter. Like, that has to happen, no doubt. But they are, they are guys who like to get to the rim. They like to slash. The best way to maximize their talents and therefore maximize the Pistons' win rate 
in the future is to surround them with spacing so they have the best driving lanes possible to get all the way to the rim. And when teams have to help over, they are kicking the ball out to open three-point shooters. It, this is the mo- That is the modern NBA offense. Dribble penetration to kick out threes. Dribble penetration, layup. Dribble penetration, free throws. Dribble penetration, kick out the threes again. That is the modern NBA offense. And the two examples I gave you guys of the two teams who are not running two bigs who can shoot, one of them has an awful offense, and they're below 500 on the season, by the way. They're below 500 in the Lakers. And the other one has two historically great defenders at the position and have the best defense in the entire NBA. So I guess if you have that, maybe, yeah, you can get away with it. Not to mention, they have two of the best pull-up three-point shooters in the entire NBA in Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. So again, if you have both those things and you combine it, sure, go ahead, try it out. But the Pistons' whole thing should be about maximizing Cade and Ivy next season. And this two-big-man stuff is not maximizing your best players. It's not going to happen. It's not going to maximize them. If you want to tell me that you believe Wiseman could become a three-point shooter, I mean, go ahead and believe that. But I'll ask you, have you not seen some of his three-point attempts with the Pistons thus far? Like, come on, we got to be realistic. We got we to stop. Stop. Maybe, maybe there's a universe where Wiseman becomes a three-point shooter. But to sit here and act like that's likely and that's something the Pistons should be banking on and cr- making their team around? When they come to this two big stuff, instead of building around your franchise player and Jay and Ivy, both guys who love to get to the rim and are great passers on driving kicks, instead of just maximizing those guys, you go that other route, that would just be a failure. That just that would be just a catastrophic failure, and it makes no sense. And it's not it's something that 28 other NBA teams are not doing. Like, come on, guys. Come on. I, I hate to come on and be a Debbie Downer about it. But we got, I, I, you know what I want to see? I want to see this team win championships in the future. And I want to see them maximize their best players, their franchise player in Cade Cunningham. And Cade has needed spacing since he was drafted by the Pistons. It's part of the reason why his efficiency is so low. It's part of the reason why he struggled getting all the way to the rim. And actually, he gets to the rim, but he has to have such tough finishes around the rim because his spacing has been awful. If they go into next season trying to force this too big lineup down our throats, that with one of them not being a, a legit floor spacer, I'm going to have serious issues. I'm just going to have serious issues because you're actively putting Kay Cunningham at a disadvantage and making him play a tougher game than he needs to be playing. I, that, that's it. I just had to come on and rant about it. It makes no sense to me. It, it, it literally, it blows my mind that this is something that's going on right now, but it is what it is. Let me know what you guys think about it. Think about what I said. Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at when we come back, we'll talk about the other things we saw from this Denver Nuggets game in which the Pistons lost at Little Caesars Arena by a score of 119-100. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Nissan. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Now, I think the player that I'm going to go ahead and give the Pistons player of the week to, Nissan's most electric player of the week to, is Eugene Amaruri. Now listen, you maybe could have went other routes. You probably could have went with James Wiseman. But listen, Amaruri is coming off of two 10-day contracts. He's been playing so well. He's been scoring double figures consistently. Even in this game against the Devin Nuggets, he started off scoring eight points in the first quarter. This is a 10-day contract guy who is trying to make himself a living in the NBA. He's been powerful with the basketball. He's been elegant with his, with his cuts to the basket. 
he's an extremely smart player, and he's played really well, and it's a fantastic story. So my Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week is Eugene Amaruri. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pins you to your seat power and premium Intellins all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. And again, my Nissan's most electric player of the week that's brought to you by 2023 Nissan Aria is Eugene Amarui. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review. On whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on, as another great way to support the podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I just want to talk about some other things that we saw from this 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 Denver Nuggets game. Uh, it was Jay and Ivy's first game back. Uh, he didn't play. He actually ended up playing 35 minutes, which Dwayne Casey said before the game that he wasn't going to play in, in long spurts. And I guess he didn't play in, I mean, as many long spurts as he usually played. But I think he. I feel like he pretty much did. Um, he ended up with 35 minutes anyways. So I, I think he basically did. Um, he didn't play very well. Uh, it was his first game back, though, so not sweating it too much. A lot of his shots were pull-up tough jumpers uh, in the mid-range and three-point shots because he couldn't get all the way to the basket, which I attribute that a ton to what the Pistons were trying to run on offense. Um, but also he had four turnovers, and, and I think a lot of those turnovers were unforced errors. Um, and they, he, he's got to be better with that. But he was glad to see Ivy back on the floor um, with whatever was was keeping him out these games. I, I don't know what exactly – I don't know if it was COVID. I know it said health and safety protocols, but I don't know if they if that is – if that was COVID uh, or not. I'm going to assume so. Um, but I hope he starts to feel better um, and, and, and slowly can get back into the rhythm of things and, and can kind of close this season strong for sure. Uh, that's, that's definitely what you want to see from his rookie season is to close this season strong. Um, I want to give more credit to Eugene Amarui. This dude, not only did he get our player of the, re- of the week with Nissan, but look, this dude is on his second 10-day contract. He continues to play really well for the Pistons. Tonight he was 5 of 9 with 11 points. He wasn't as impactful in this game. But now we're we're talking about a dude not being as impactful, who is a ten day contract, who's scoring eleven points on five of nine shooting. Like we gotta keep the context in there. So again, we talked about this on the podcast before. I don't know if Eugene's gonna be on this team long term. I like, and when I say long term, I mean like into the off season, not like long term core. Of course not. I mean like into the off season. I don't know if Eugene makes it there. I don't know. Even if he does get a contract, do I think he could be a part of the rotation next year? Probably not. But I'm really, I'm really happy for him because he's. I think he's proving to the NBA world that he should be on a roster somewhere, and he should be in the NBA. Doesn't mean he has to be a star or a big role player, but he's he's a player you watch and say that dude should be in the NBA somewhere. It doesn't have to be a big role, but he's good enough to be in the NBA somewhere for sure. 
And I think that that's one of the better parts about that's one of the better parts about watching like teams like the Pistons at the end of the year because they usually give guys like this chances. And sometimes it doesn't work out. A lot, of, you know, a lot of these guys don't end up hanging on. But the Pistons have, I feel like, consistently under Weaver have given guys chances on ten day contracts at the end of the year to kind of not just put film on for the Pistons, but to put film out for the rest of the NBA for them to try to revive their career, which I think that's something that it's just another kind of feather in the cap of Weaver in trying to satisfy players and agents and try to develop good relationships across the league. You got him sending players to where they want to go and trade. You got him doing right by his players and giving them money um, via, you know, perfect example, Marvin Bagley doing right by his guy, getting him paid, whether we like that or not, it got his guy paid. That's another good thing across the league. I think these are things that Weaver, I don't think we'll ever hear them like confess that or say that out loud. But for me, I think it's one of those things that they are doing on purpose to try to develop a good culture where guys are consistently saying good things about the team across the league and makes people want to play for them. Because these agents all talk with each other. A lot of these players have the same agent and these players talk with each other. So I think this is just another one of those things. It's not going to make some huge difference. But I do think this is one of those things that the Pistons have done a lot of under Weaver is give these guys a chance to try show, show out, put up film for the rest of the league and get people feeling in the offseason or in the future when they're like, hey, how, how was the Pistons? They're kind of they're interested in signing me or they're interested in trading for me, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. How was the Pistons? How, what's their culture like? What's the team like? What was it like playing over there? What's their franchise like? And you'll get you continue to get positive things which definitely helped the team when it comes to those kind of uh, situations. So not only am I happy for Amarui, um, I actually, I, I wanted to give Weaver some credit with that. I think that's something that kind of goes without uh, mention. And I do think it plays a part in building team culture and, and putting a good word out there across the NBA um, it, when it comes to making acquisitions in the off season too. So I wanted to give Weaver a ton of credit for that as well. Um, Jalen Duran, another player who completely dominated this game. This dude, I want to make it clear to everybody again. This dude is 19 years old. 19. We are like six, seven years away from what his actual prime will be. Guys don't really enter their prime until around 26, 27, 28. Like that's when guys hit their prime. He's six, seven, eight years away from that. And we're seeing just how good he is already and just what he what he already has in his arsenal that can just be sharpened. It's it's insane. The dude had 15 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, and just 27 minutes of play against the Denver Nuggets tonight. His rebounding, I, I believe Michael Malone, the coach of the Nuggets, said before the game he thought he was maybe the best offensive rebounder in the NBA. He very well has a case for that. And I don't even think he's that great of a rebounder yet because he's not a very good defensive rebounder. Once he realizes and starts to learn – how to box out and be in the right position defensive rebound-wise, he could be an even better rebounder. And then the one thing we mentioned in the first segment, while I'm not a fan at all of running two bigs who can't shoot together, what it did highlight in the two plays that were obviously highlight plays and people really liked to see was his his passing ability. His passing ability is incredibly legit. And another play where it was on display was he was running a DHO from the high post R.J. Hampton fake coming to get the ball and then went back door, and he hit a nice bounce pass to R.J. Hampton that led to an and one. 
Jalen Duran's passing, I'm telling you guys, is such a huge deal for when this team starts to win basketball games. Because what every winning team needs and what most contenders have is a five-man or a four-man they can play up at the five. Or if you want to go to Golden State route that doesn't have uh, – they have two bigs who can't shoot. Um, and they tr- when they do run those mids – now they play Draymond at the five a ton throughout the game. But when they do run uh, Draymond with like Looney or something – they run pick and roll with that guy who has that passing ability. And if the ball handler is able to attract attention, that guy in the short roll, the, the roller in the short roll, four on three possessions or situations, they absolutely destroy teams in the, in, in the playoffs. You see it all the time. That's what a lot of the offense is in the playoffs. Guys trap the best player, and then they hope that the guy that that is slipping the roll or slipping the screen or rolled into the rim, they hope that they can beat a four and three and make the right read. And Jalen Duran is showing that he can do, he will be able to do that. It's an incredibly important skill to have when you're contending and trying to be a winning team. And the fact that Pistons have that, it's not a super unique or, or popular skill across the NBA. It's not like every big can do it. The big who can do it is incredibly valuable. They're incredibly valuable. And Jalen Duran can do that. He's, he's going to be special, man. I'm telling you. Jalen Duren is going to be an incredibly special basketball player. He dunks damn near everything he can around the rim. He's showcasing some nice footwork in the post, even though I don't think that's going to be a real part of his offense post game. But it's nice to see that's that's coming together. I think he's going to be an incredible lob threat because of his ability to his athleticism and his ability to basically dunk anything around the rim. I think he has the the tools to be a really damn good defender. He's a rookie though, so it's tough to really evaluate where he'll be. But I think the way he moves his feet and his athleticism, um, I, I think he can be a really damn good defender. I think he's been okay switching. And then, like we just talked about offensively with his passing, that all that into one for a guy who's 19, imagine what he'll be in like seven, eight years, dude. He's going to be so freaking good. The Pistons have, have a special core of Cade, Ivy, and Duran. That's Imagine if they can get a really damn good prospect in this draft. They're going to have an amazing young core. I, I'm going to be so excited for the next, I don't know, like five, seven, five to seven years of this team. I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens. So really interested to see it. Um, let me know what you guys think about James, or not James Wiseman, but Jalen Duran and his play so far this year and what you saw from him tonight, that passing ability. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Coming up, I'm going to talk with you guys about James Wiseman, give another update on how he's playing, some takeaways that we have um, from James Wiseman's play as of late. Um, we'll talk about that coming up. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Trust me, I'm a completely different person. I'm a completely more mature person than I was just even two years ago, three years ago. We're constantly growing and changing throughout our lives. But part of that growing experience, we maybe can't do it by ourselves. We need to talk with somebody. We need someone to help us through some of the growing pains throughout life that all of us have to deal with. Part of That's just part of the game of life. We need help. We need to talk with people to help us get through some situations. We can't always do it by ourselves. So that's why if you're thinking about starting therapy to just talk with somebody, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your month with BetterHelp. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. I'm not going to keep you guys too long with this final segment. Just want to give you guys an update on James Wiseman and, and how I'm feeling about his, his progress with the Pistons. Uh, in this game against Denver, 14 points, 9 rebounds, 7 of 14 shooting. Um, I think one of the things I'm learning about Wiseman, I feel like Pistons fans are probably learning about Wiseman, is he he really needs to improve his decision-making with his shot selection and his playmaking ability. There, he had 14 shots tonight. That's a ton of shots for how they were using him. And they were post because they were posting him up a ton. And almost every time they go to the post with him, a shot's going up. Whether it's a good shot or not, the shot's going up. In the last few games, we saw him go against Kristaps last game, and we've seen him go up against Nikola Jokic in this game. And Nikola Jokic isn't even some great defender, but he's a very strong guy. So if you put your body into him, he's going to make you feel him. It's not going to be the other way around. And you saw that a lot tonight. Wiseman, and let me add another thing that Wiseman has to do. He has to get much stronger. Um, he has a good body type. He can fill in and get even stronger, but he, he does need to get stronger because one, like I just said, Jokic was making him feel him. Not Wiseman wasn't making Jokic feel him. Jokic was making Wiseman feel him. And Wiseman couldn't really move Jokic, and Jokic kind of was pushing him around in the post, and he wasn't able to get any good shots off really in the post at all in this game. And it's the exact same problem he had with Kristaps in the last game. Kristaps made him struggle a ton in the post. So – I think he needs to get stronger. I also don't think he's that great of a low post guy. I think he's better if you could get him the ball at the high post facing up and he can drive to the rim and maybe hit a pull up. He can hit that face up midi. I don't think he's a guy you want consistently. You should be trying to consistently get him the ball back to the basket on the low block unless he's having a switch on him and he fronts somebody underneath the rim. Now, in that case, you should be feeding him every time because he's incredibly talented and has a great touch. So he, he's a guy who is capable of, a, I think, obliterating mismatches when they switch across the – when they switch into pick and roll. In those situations, I do think 100% you need to be feeding him when he fronts them, 100%. But just drawing up plays for him to go up at the, at the low block against the other team's big, I, I don't think that's the case. In 45 possessions posting up for the Pistons since arriving in Detroit, obviously, he ranks in the fifth percentile in post-ups. They have it rated as poor. He's getting – 0.57 points per possession on post-ups. Not good at all. He's been really bad at post-ups on the block. I don't think that's his game. I think, he, like I said, I think he can take advantage of mismatches. I think he likes to use, he, he looks much better when he's able to use his athleticism at the high post to beat a guy to the rim, Euro, uh, Euro step, draw a foul, that kind of thing, and then also be able to hit his face-up midi. That area, cool. Much better, and I, I think they should do a job, a better job of trying to give him the ball in that area. Um, but he has to get better with his decision-making nonetheless when it comes to shot selection and playmaking-wise because a lot of these shots that he's taken the last few games, and really since he's gotten to the Pistons, that he misses in the post, 
they're just bad shots. He gets stonewalled. He loses the dribble. And instead of passing out or trying to find somebody to hit on a kickout, he forces a shot up instead. And it ends up in a tough shot. A few times tonight, he airballed on those, trying to force it up. It, you got, he has to be smarter and has to be a better passer, a more willing passer. I think that's the biggest concern to me is that he's – is he a willing passer? That's what I want to know because it seems like – I don't know yet. We need to figure that out. But is it because he's not – he, he, he doesn't have great vision and he needs to improve his vision? Or is it because he does see them, he just doesn't ha- – he's not a willing passer and, he, and he's insistent on getting his shots up? That's something they have to figure out and try to help him to help him get better at because his efficiency would look so much better if he just stopped taking so many tough shots once the defense has stonewalled him and brought a doubler or something or forced him to pick up his dribble or lose it. Just once that happens, hey, you you have to admit you lost that you lost that rep. Get it out and, and continue to run the offense or find a kick out or kick out the ball and find a shooter. That that's the biggest area for improvement for me with Wiseman, obviously offensively, but offensively. He's incredibly talented. You see his potential on offense, and he's been mostly good for the Pistons in the offensive end. But that those areas have to improve moving forward when the Pistons are trying to win because those are the kind of habits that can really sink your team when you're trying to win. So th- that's the area offensively that I really want to see him improve on and something I think the team 100% will be working with him on in the offseason. But that's my update with James Wiseman, how I'm feeling right now. Uh, with some of the things he needs to improve on. Let me know what you guys think. If there's any other areas you've picked up on with James Wiseman that you want to see him improve on in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Uh, thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. And I, I saved this for the end of the podcast um, because I don't want to, you know, make make the podcast doomy or anything gloomy and stuff even though i kind of ranted at the beginning of the podcast but thank you thank all of you guys who have reached out and and dm'd me or commented um prayers and well wishes for my wife um i'm not going to talk about it on the podcast like what's going on because it is a pistons podcast um so i don't want to really bore you guys or really you know try to sink your guys's day but to those of you guys who follow me and know what's going on you guys have went out of your way to come and comment on all the YouTube videos or DM me, all my listeners. I really appreciate everything you guys have said, and she appreciates it too. Um, when you guys – I missed an episode this week. I missed one last week. If that happens, it probably is because um, of what's going on. So um, just thank you guys for being understanding, and thank you guys for all the well wishes and the prayers and all that. So appreciate that from you guys. Um, but that's that's it. I just wanted to say that real quick. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Go Pistons. Stay safe. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace out.